0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Movie Marathon with Murph and Mike. We are here for our inaugural episode of the (coughs) Die Hard on a Podcast episode where we are going to talk about movies that are blatant ripoffs of the uh, beloved franchise Die Hard. Uh, And we are starting this one off with a a terrific classic, one that seems to be uh, not popular with any of the people that are listening to this podcast uh, based on our stats, but we're going to do it anyway. We are starting off with the 1995 uh, hockey diehard classic, uh, Sudden Death. So what's up, Mike? How are you? Are you excited to talk excited. about hockey?
1: I am excited to talk about this. <laughs> this hits me really in some are you, sweet spots of everything I want.
0: Are you, are you excited to talk about uh, arbitrary play clocks and Canadian sports?
1: Uh, I, I damn it, <laughs> I'm trying to talk about some mid 1990s ESPN.
0: I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for some some uh, mediocre commentating, and I can't wait for some mediocre acting from our good friend JCBD
1: <laughs> I was reading the Roger Ebert review of this, and it was I'd say mixed, not negative. At the end, is basically like he's acknowledging like. Yeah, it's another Die Hard ripoff. And if you're interested in seeing John Van Dam in a Die Hard ripoff, where he fights a person in the Pittsburgh Cranes mascot costume, <laughs> the movie for you. And it's like, yeah, I am, I am very interested in that. But like, he wasn't saying that as like a negative thing. It was just like,
0: no, hey, it's a very niche enjoyment thing. That's all yeah, it is. That, it's very niche.
1: You, like, definitely go see this movie because you will love
0: it. And yeah. I like, yep, so, I, well, so I love this movie. I, I did too. It's not like my favorite JCVD movie, but I definitely have some strong memories of uh, renting this as a kid from Blockbuster during the summer and really enjoying it. Cause I'd seen Van Damme coming off the heels of universal soldier. And at the time uh, I enjoyed it street fighter. And uh, I remember there was sort of a zeitgeisty feel that, that, that Van Damme was the next Schwarzenegger. Uh, I know you, you said you saw this and did you see it in theaters or did you see it?
1: I did not. Um, I mean, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty hard R, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, so that, that which is funny, I say that like oh, it's so crazy I've seen it, but I sure as hell saw it when you could rent it at the video yep, store. Same. I don't know, like yeah, <laughs> I don't know that that was so different. Um, I guess because the theater like wouldn't the chain you on your own the video store, you could just get it. I don't know. Or like, it, it
0: it kind of depends on the person behind the counter if they were just cool. Yeah, they would give you a lot of shit about it, but if they weren't cool, then you you kind of had to wait for a parent to help you help you read.
1: <laughs> I saw this. I had like my when I was when I lived in Rhode Island as a kid, and I'd go back there in the summer some to visit. And I was there. My best friend his family they owned like a camper that they would just park at the beach for the summer. And it was like a little community. And there were some people who did campers, some that had little houses, but it's basically just like like a beach house kind of thing. And I would go with him and like, we just like be there for a week. But like during the day, like we would just be like on our own, like doing whatever the hell we wanted. And we went over to like a friend's like camper. and They had sudden death and they had to like, just started watching it. And they're we like, what is this? And like just sat down and watched the whole thing with them. and It was fantastic.
0: Were they like, Hey, do you like karate? Yes. <laughs> do you like hockey? Yes. Do you like, uh, Poorly worded scripts for people who can't speak English very well as a primary language? Yes. <laughs> then I have a movie for you. Yeah, the movie so, I, death. That was my first
1: time with it, and I thought it was amazing. <laughs> and you know, subsequently. It, it
0: is. It's still you still enjoy it, right? That's all that's what matters.
1: Yes, subsequently that has continued, probably on a more at times ironic level <laughs> than my inis- initial viewing of it, but uh and I, I see much more now how like, the intensity with which they're ripping off Die Hard.
0: Oh, it's yeah. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it, but it, it, there is shot for shot and plot beat by plot beat that it is a I, I would
1: actually I wouldn't give them enough credit to say it's plot beat by plot beat because it's not that well
0: paced. Oh uh, no, it's not. It's I, again,
1: when they when they're like, oh, we need that Die Hard scene.
0: They do a great setups and then immediately cash in on the setups. So yeah. there's not like a, there's no there's no slow burn. Cool, like setups and payoffs, and like we'll do that too. Except except we're gonna do it in ten seconds. Yeah, uh, I would argue sometimes in the same scene they actually uh, start up and then pay off some of the stuff. So to start, <laughs> good
1: start out protagonist uh, estranged from his wife. <laughs> then nail that. Uh because very happy your diehard robust
0: Would you say they nail it or they beat you over the fucking head with it? <laughs> it's hard to tell.
1: Uh uh this one they give a little twist on it, they pull the kids in a little more.
0: They do. They're they're the uh they're the uh Bonnie Bedelia proxy in this movie. <laughs>
1: Um, um But I feel like we're getting our head ahead of ourselves here.
0: Let, let's talk about the trauma that that our so our our lead character played by Jean Claude Van Damme is the the American it's, firefighter Darren McCord. Jean Claude Van Damme in a movie. Like, what would you name his character? <laughs> I would name him the most Irish Scottish whatever name. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> would you? So Eber even called
1: that out in his review. <laughs> How ridiculous it was that they named him Darren McCord and his John Claude Van Damme.
0: I know, just lean into it. Just lean into the hard target. Does it? They make him French Canadian, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Cajun. They make him Cajun. So it's like just lean into that or something along those lines. Well, this one and this one, this one
1: actually does a little bit because he's a former like semi pro like French Canadian hockey player. Oh, you're right. It's- and so that like that all, all tracks. of, like, like, okay, yeah, I can buy that. Uh, this guy's from like um, Quebec or something, and played a little hockey. And like, that's why he can, uh, you know. Spoiler alert: he can. He's able to play hockey
0: in a fucking game seven of the Stanley Cup final. Let's be clear: it's not. It's not. Let's he. Let's be clear: he plays hockey. He plays in the single biggest game of the year for any NHL team in, in professional it an important save in the game <laughs> yeah. was it the third period too or something like oh,
1: that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i uh well, i this... have i have some nitpicks on on, on how they use that but
0: uh, but <laughs> i can't imagine why i don't know why you would have any nitpicks it's it's this, pretty this fact it's, <laughs> it's pretty a to b uh, yeah so th- this opens with a uh, house fire it looks like in rural pittsburgh um, which uh I, I have to give a shout out to all the Yinzers that are listening because Yin Yinz guys gotta gotta love um sudden death. And I feel like I totally lost you on that one. No, no. Yep. Nope, no, I just meant the Yinzer thing. You don't know the Yinzer no. thing. Yinzer no. is like the Pittsburgh equivalent of saying y'all. So I had a guy for that used to work for me who was from Pittsburgh and uh all right. He dropped it in a meeting one time, and he was just like, "Hey, uh, Yin's guys want to go grab some lunch," and everybody stopped and were like, "What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Get the fuck out! You're fired!" <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm actually pretty pissed off. Nobody gets called a Yinzer once in this in this uh, in this movie, so I don't think this is a real Pittsburgh movie. It's, I guess that that's my frustration. But anyway, we open with the uh, Pittsburgh uh, Fire Department, and there's a burning house. Guys are trying to go in through the roof. Uh, they're going through through windows, they're trying to put the fire out. And you hear the distinct American voice of a American firefighter, Darren McCord, screaming out for help. And I don't quite understand what's happened here, but it looks like he's on a basement floor with burning wood on top of him, and he's got a little, uh, uh blonde-haired, blue-eyed uh, little girl that that he's trying to rescue, and they're they're trapped. And so he's screaming for help, screaming for help. And I guess the the crew gets there. Um, just just a minute too late after it looks like the ceiling collapses and then for no apparent reason kills this little girl but does not kill Jean-Claude Van Damme, who is using his body as a shield to protect her from everything else. So that's how it opens with uh, our, our, our heroic firefighter, Darren McCord, suffering a horrible tragedy, and then, of course, this little girl dying. And that sets us up pretty much for the start of two years later we are in death game seven. You know how into this movie I am.
1: How, how into this movie are you watching it? Zero notes on that opening scene, there's no <laughs> nitpicks, all tracked for me. It's just a sad, sad. That girl is adorable as hell. No, problems, no problem with any logic, no problem. It was just, just a, a, a tragedy.
0: Well, so there's this big joke in uh, the movie Backdraft, and it opens with um. Billy Baldwin's character, or Stephen Baldwin, Stephen or Billy, I think it's Billy Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Sure, whichever, whichever, sure. It, it's a Baldwin that is not <laughs> yeah, Alec. It's not. Yeah. It's not the shadow. And <laughs> uh, he rescues a mannequin, and I would say that mannequin. And makes fun of him for rescuing this mannequin because he he pulls a body out, thinking he's done this heroic deed, and it, uh, it turns out that it's a not a real person, and everybody gives him shit for it. Well, I would argue that mannequin had better acting than this kid did did because it looks like they just tell her, all right, lay still and stare at the sky. And that's gonna be your your cue for this this opening scene. And, and that's how you're gonna pretend you're dead. So uh anyway, I I I'm harping on a child's bad <laughs> acting, but uh I'll I'll move on. But that's the opening to this movie of uh and why our our our, our lead character Darren McCord is now a fire marshal at the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins uh, hockey arena. So, Mike, can you tell me when this movie opens, we are, I think, what, four hours from face-off?
1: <laughs> yeah. So this movie has the greatest little of like Kairod's of text on the screen of counting down until face-off for no goddamn reason at all. There is zero reason to do this. You get all the information. Needed, but contact of the movie like he shows up with the kids like he has fucking tickets in his pocket and they talk about can the kids go to the game tonight <laughs> it's like i don't like and, and they go to the game they're at the game and we're getting a thing it's like 30 minutes till face off it's like yeah no fucking shit they're at the game dumbass <laughs> and uh it's wonderful now my favorite
0: the time well, leaps not... don't make sense. The time leaps actually have no relevance to anything until you it actually get to the end none of, of the game. Matters. None of it matters.
1: None of that timing matters. Two minutes
0: to face time. off. The Two timing
1: is all about the end of periods, which we'll get to later. But like none of the, none of the timing starts with the actual game starts. But my favorite was uh, when it was ninety minutes till face off. I think it's pretty close. Uh, if you like, if you just played the rest of the movie. It end about ninety minutes later, and you could start the movie face off.
0: Fair, and I, I will say, and I had that in my notes. Is I was shocked. This is an hour and fifty minutes. Like, that's a long. That's a long action movie. And oh, but they needed. They
1: needed every minute of it.
0: I can't wait to talk about the 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 prolonged special effects shots at the end that uh, that really hold yeah, up. Backed well. out a good four or five minutes. What would you have rather watched, the nineteen ninety five Stanley Cup Finals, or this game, or this movie? Which which would you rather watch? Oh, this movie. Really? Okay. Who? All right. I, I'm going to ask a dumb question. Who was the other team that the Penguins are playing? In this? Oh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Blackhawks. That's right. That's right. Okay. They said a couple times, but I, I I forgot. Okay. Which I guess they tried filming.
1: <laughs> so they tried filming. I believe with, and like an exhibition game with Pittsburgh and Chicago, but the, the players like just didn't try hard enough, <laughs> so they had to get to get like a bunch of like the shots and stuff because there are actual hockey players in this, so some of it is like the actual hockey players, but for yeah. a lot of the action, they had to go get some like minor league hockey teams and like and pay them to do it and try try harder.
0: <laughs> I mean, I I. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like um, it. That's not crazy to think about that. They, the, you know, well, what we should talk about. One, I'm not surprised that they have um, substitute hockey players because it, it's a little crazy to think about the idea that they would put real ones in for as many prolonged shots because it probably took them days to film those hockey scenes, right? But oh yes, yeah. let's, let's talk about the fact that like of all of the professional uh, sports leagues. I think what's fun, and you and I both talked about this. What's fun for this is the NHL is like, oh, you want to do a terrorist out. event at one of our hockey? Right. Fuck it. yeah,
1: do that. Let's do it. Oh yeah, sorry, I don't want to step on that. But no, just, it, it, they did. They filmed a lot of our uh, hockey stuff over one night.
0: They did. Yeah. Man, that's uh, a. Okay. At least according to Wikipedia. Yeah, but, well, yeah okay. I'm
1: sorry, I, I didn't want to step on because that's a wonderful point of. <laughs> So the NHL think, condoning a terrorist attack at their hockey games.
0: Do you think that this is the NHL's version of Black Sunday with the, the Robert Shaw movie from from when, uh, um, uh, oh God, what is his name? Uh, Robert Shaw is the lead, and then Bruce Dern is a terrorist who tries to blow up like the nineteen seventy seven Super Bowl at the Miami Orange Bowl Stadium. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, it's fucking amazing! You got to watch that one. It's right. it's it's got Next. um. Robert Shaw plays an Israeli Mossad agent. I think it's like the last movie he made before he died. And it's basically um, uh, like I'm trying to think of a good, a good proxy for it. It's like a terrorism movie that's set where the, the finale is they're going to use like a, a bunch of nails as an explosive, like a, like a big pipe bomb basically on the Goodyear blimp. And they're going to blow it up over the... Um, over the Orange Bowl, which is where they're hosting like the, it's like I can't I think it was like the Steelers Cowboys game. And oh, no, Mike, you were frozen and you are back. Um, <laughs> And uh it's the Steelers, I think it's the Steelers Cowboys game and uh Robert Shaw has to defeat a terrorist and, and prevent them from blowing up this bomb over over the Orange Bowl. So it's really good. <laughs> Uh, take that and fast forward almost twenty years forward, and I think this is like the NHL equivalent of doing that. Oh yeah, and, and it's shocking that a professional sports league would let them be like, yeah, yeah, that's like in in recent history. Yeah, you can you can portray a terrorist event at one of our <laughs> at the biggest yeah, game of, the, no of the season for us. No Yeah, no no problem.
1: So, <laughs> so they may have had an inside track on getting that approved because. When I was watching, I was kind of like, I think it's lethal up in three. They go to a Kings game. Yeah. And a few years before this, Mighty Ducks comes out and it's big. And I was like, man, maybe the NHL was just buying in. Like, We're just right. going to be in movies. And that's going to be our ticket to like pull new fans in. Um, Buddy, it worked. It, it may have been a piece of it. But <laughs> the chairman of the Pittsburgh Penguins is this guy, Howard Baldwin. Uh, was one of the film's backers, and he oh, had no. a deal with Universal, and that's how. So, but so the story on this movie is by his wife,
0: uh, Karen Bolt. Oh shit! Because she has like two credits on IMDb or something, and I was like, "Well, she's no, Weird. actually,
1: she's got way more." But this is her. She was an actress, but like small, small, small roles. And then she does the story for this, but then it's written by like an established. The script is by like an established writer,
0: uh, Gene Quintano or Quintano. But,
1: yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about him some some more because I think it's very important to what this movie is and how you should watch it. But but she goes on. This is her first thing as a as a producer. But goes on to a very successful producing career in Hollywood. Like she produced like Ray or like, um, what? like hurricane heights like yeah atlas shrugged but like this was her like foray, it like her i don't know her break like i'm not sure what to quite call it but um wow yeah. Dude. Dude, uh, he's, it was uh... pretty bananas but like the guy like chairman of the pittsburgh penguins his wife he and his wife kind of like spearheaded, like, I guess this becoming a thing, and I guess that's why they could get the whole penguin shit. Uh
0: now I'm looking up the Pittsburgh Penguin stats in 1995 because I'm wondering if this guy was double dipping. Uh, with the hope that you know if the penguins had a shitty season, perhaps he could just double down on his wife's um movie career. <laughs> uh but it's they incredible. won their division that year. Hey, 95.
1: Yeah, they, they were pretty good in the mid 90s. Uh,
0: yeah. I, I remember the Rangers won the year before, I think they won the Stanley Cup the year before this. But yeah, fair enough. <laughs> okay. That is some deep shit. And you really went, you really researched the hell out of this one.
1: Uh, this is Wikipedia.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? Good Our job combination, Wikipedia. I think,
1: of Wikipedia and like a couple other, but like...
0: <laughs> but yeah. I, uh... I give the guy credit. You know what? Hey, he did his wife a huge solid, and it paid off. She, she, yeah, made well, it, produced fifteen. I'd love to, I'd actually love to find out more about
1: the backstory of like he had a deal with like Universal and like what like like because he's like the chairman of the thing, which is like who knows what his back, like back history is. So like what um he may have been involved as well. So I'd just be very curious to get like more details on. Exactly where this all started, but uh, he's either a really uh, cool guy like or like he's... a story for like a. Uh, but like they're obviously connected to hockey, and so that's like, oh, let's do Die Hard with hockey. Well, it looks like he's yelling right
0: now. Oh man, he's a producer too. I didn't realize that. So it looks like he he did a. Uh, he's done some Seagal movies. He did. He was also a producer on Ray. Okay, so a... there like a. Uh... They're like a, a pa- they're a power couple. That's what this is, man. But I now only... I'm curious. How was
1: he the chairman of the Pittsburgh Penguins?
0: Um,
1: I don't know. I, I mean, be producer. Uh, yeah, because they have the same producing credits, pretty much.
0: Yeah, more more or less. I don't know. You know, you can have a you can have a CEO who's also a chairman of a board. So maybe there. It's it's one of those things where he. Uh, Yeah, I just
1: kind of want to know more about this guy's life.
0: uh, I got to get some of that Howard Howard Baldwin uh, action going on in my life. Try and see how we can make this thing uh, come together. I mean, yeah. I mean, he has a fucking Oscar.
1: Does he? Well, I think Ray won Best Picture.
0: He's written books. My wild ride from the WHA to the NHL all the way to Hollywood. Okay, all so right, it's that's pretty on the nose, there, buddy. Come on, Howard. <laughs> I, I need to check this book out. <laughs> I literally he's to find it. I um, pretty on the nose, but all right, yeah. I, I'm. I'll, I'll go check it out on Audible and see if I can figure out what's that going on. Does sound pretty interesting. I mean, fuck, he did it. I can't. You're right. I forgot he he made Ray, so he 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 did it. Um. He was a part owner in the Hartford Whalers. Okay, that might make sense as Ooh, to like how he, he had some nice. background. Um. All right, let's just turn into the Howard. Howard. About <laughs> I didn't know that. I'll tell you, we, we got on this 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 Zoom. I did not expect we would spend as much time <laughs> talking about the two producers of uh, of uh, Sudden Death. But So should we
1: just go ahead and go into the, uh, the other writer, the script writer? <laughs> uh, go for it. So, Gene Quintano, and it really informed my viewing this time. Uh, same. Uh, researching him. So, he's actually written a couple uh, some canon movies. Uh, there's Alan Corman and the Lost City of Gold, King Solomon's Mines, which are kind of Indiana Jones ripoffs. But in this canon book I'm reading, kind of talks about them as a little misunderstood because they're meant to be like comedies. And it, so it's kind of like the type of thing where like the audience is laughing and like they don't think the movie's in on the joke, but like the movie is in on the joke. Like it's meant funny, um, but I, I've not seen it.
0: There are two I have been wanting to see actually. But I've seen part uh, of King Solomon's Mines, and it, it is pretty. It's pretty awful. tough. Oh, Sharon <laughs> Stone's in it though. Uh, but then he's Police Academy Three,
1: Police Academy Four, Police Academy Five. Loaded Weapon 1.
0: <laughs> that's a good movie. I will defend that oh, movie. Oh, I
1: agree. Yeah. And then uh also 1995 Operation Dumbo Drop. But the, I mean primarily like a comedy writer. And I think that's that's I think that's in this movie. <laughs> like I think there's a lot, lot of like comedy DNA. Um, in this movie to the point I was watching it it was like and when I saw that you as the writer it doesn't sound like the conception of it really was but i was wondering like did they originally write this as a comedy and then they got john claude van damme and like changed it to an action movie but because like i could see someone writing a comedy like oh we're gonna do a Die diehard ripoff but like oh it'd be funny like we'll put it at a hockey game like that'd be like a comedic setting to do for diehard Uh um,
0: what um what Parts to make you feel like it was potentially a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean I am I, being serious. Like, I
1: was like I, um, oh, as a, as a, I'd probably need to look at my notes again. I mean, obviously, he there, like there's likes some, the mascot.
0: Yeah, yeah, that like that kind of stuff. Um, but that's like one of the most memorable scenes. Is is that it that, is. Uh, that lands? I think I, I, I will say there's some dialogue right. that. For for JCVD, he does a pretty good job delivering. When he does like the back-to-back jokes about, he's like, "This is this is C four, the most dangerous <laughs> explosive," and then like somebody else is eavesdropping or whatever, and he's like, "Did you hear my speech about C 4 Like, yeah. okay, like he can he can kind of deliver some jokes. There's some at least some punchy stuff kinda. in there that's kind of fun. Kind I think kinda. So uh, some of that this they
1: have some announcers from ESPN in the movie and kind of in throughout the movie doing commentary on the game. Uh, and they have a couple lines. So They have a thing where like the, all like the terrorists are coming in and they all um, are sneaking in in different ways into the stadium. And one of the announcers is like trying to hype up how big the game is, is game seven. And he says, I don't care if you were packing heat. You couldn't get in here. And it's <laughs> obviously a joke because they all have all like the terrorists with guns are coming in. And there's one more, like oh, so there's all the C4 around, and it's like third period, game seven, and the announcer says, "This place is ready to explode," <laughs> and like
0: <laughs> I, I can't just like shit like that. I can't tell if that's a joke or if that's just somebody was like, "Hey, you need to punch this up to really have like punctuate that like something bad's gonna happen," and you know the irony that nobody knows it's actually a terrorist terrorist event going on, right?
1: Yeah, and I think it's some of like the Die Hard Two stuff we talked about, where the people making this know what movie they're making, <laughs> and so like, yeah, true. So yeah, we need a little laugh here, and like that'll be funny for the announcers to do this.
0: And it was funny, uh, and I did laugh. I had a good time. Um, well, <laughs> speaking of speaking of uh, kind of behind the camera, do you want to talk about uh, Peter Himes, the director?
1: Uh, yeah, that's actually. I was going to say the same thing while we're talking about all these things. We do need to shout out Peter Hyams, a great action movie director.
0: Yeah, he, he, uh, he. I was surprised. I I didn't realize when we were we start. I started watching this that he and I, I watched it over the summer. But he's done some some good stuff. Uh, Capricorn ones a really kind of crazy movie that yeah, that, I I, that I liked. Yeah, um, that I think we both watched this summer. Um. And then he's done some other... He did End of Days, which is... I I would not mind covering that at some point. It's a crazy Schwarzenegger. It's like Schwarzenegger truly at the end of his game. (laughs) Um, Action movie. Um, Have you seen
1: Running Scared?
0: Yes. And I... That's very good. uh, I don't know if it's really good. I know... um, Didn't... uh, What's his name? Bill Simmons did it on the Rewatchables, right? Oh, did they? Okay, I think they did one on... It seems like one he would do, but... I like Gregory Hines. I can't stand Billy Crystal.
1: It's <laughs> uh, fair, fair. I get um,
0: that one. But I saw that movie all the time when I was a kid, and I, I remember the uh the taxi that's bulletproof that they that they cruise around in to like blend in and stuff. So yeah, he's done. He's done some fun action. Like, he did a uh, 2010, The sequel to 2001,
1: and like 2010. It's not 2001, but it's so like it's hard to overcome that. But but still like a good solid movie um but and then prior to this he did time cop with van Dam.
0: and i think that was a i think that's why they did i think that's if you had to pick something as to why sudden death got made yes yeah, they wanted to exactly that was a hit and they're like that's let's roll it back baby <laughs> <laughs> it can't go wrong everything's coming up aces um yeah he uh so it's interesting i was looking through his imdb he's got a bunch of credits a lot of them are over overlapping he was the cinematographer on this, but he was also the uh, the DP.
1: He directs too. Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, he the movie looks good. You know, it, it looks like a, a oh, well yeah. made movie. I think the budget was like well coming off the canon Run.
1: Like this is like a Hollywood movie. Yes. like like it's noticeably like different. <laughs>
0: I, and it, he was also a, a writer on a bunch of his movies. He he wrote um, The Hunter, which was Steve McQueen's last movie. He also wrote Capricorn, or was a writer on Capricorn 1, 2010 A Space Odyssey, or the, the, the 2010, the 2001 sequel. Um, I really fucked that up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the only thing I didn't like about the cinematography in this is I love the anamorphic uh, lens flare that comes off of like the, kind of that that stretched widescreen look, and it's almost to the point where it is so prevalent in this that it is it is distracting. Like I can't not focus on it because and Die Hard had a lot of it too, but it's like it, it it's almost like um, our boy uh, Baldwin went to him and said, "Hey, make this also look exactly like Die <laughs>
1: <Yes>. Hard." <laughs> and he's like, got got it. it. We want Die Hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and it looks like he just went and was like, "All right." I'm gonna I'm gonna use the same sort of cinematic uh, aesthetic of of what Die Hard had as well. So,
1: uh, yeah, you I think you are correct. I mean, that's.
0: <laughs> but I I I do give him credit. Like I I like this movie. I think it looks good. The pacing isn't always great, but it's like when you th- when you no. step back and think about for they made this for thirty five million with a major star. It they do a pretty good job for the most part with with um. Uh, the look, the writing, the characters, you know, I think he, he's doing, he's, he's punching a little bit above his weight with, with making this movie. Yeah. So
1: before we recorded, um, my wife was asking what we were, what we were doing. I was like, Oh, like sudden death. He, like Sunday when uh, like, you came home, like that, that one I was watching while well, you were like, she'd like fold laundry. So she's like, Oh she's like, yeah. I was kind of getting like sucked into that. I was like, yeah, I think it's, it's like well-made. Like it. Pulls you in with what's going on, like the, and the visuals are of a quality that are like, well, what is this? This looks pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's a compliment I think to to this movie is that you know she's she's probably not their their demographic, but if it can still capture capture her attention, I will say I tried to watch this at about uh, um ten o'clock at night with my wife, and it did not go well. And she she watched some of it, and then she she gave me shit when I was falling asleep in the middle of it so. <laughs> For and, and then she subsequently went to sleep so can't blame her <laughs> All right. well so we've we we've talked a lot about behind the camera Darren do you McCord. want to talk about what's up we get back to Darren McCord <laughs> let's get back to the, the life and times of Darren McCord um, and his very original, original title of the movie <laughs> the chronicles of Darren McCord <laughs> <laughs> he is a he is a fire marshal um yeah this this so we, we talked about earlier we're, we're all over the, the map right now but we talked about earlier darren mccord has this tr- tragic event in the course of two years and i i had this as a note it is it made me laugh a lot even though it's not supposed to be funny in the course of two years he and his wife are estranged and get divorced he loses his job on the, as a firefighter. His wife gets remarried, he becomes a loser to both of his children, and then he subsequently barely manages it sounds like to find a job as a fire marshal. and that's two years. That's two pretty shitty years for. Yeah. for decor. <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> it's really rough. You get why he's
1: not doing well because that is you got to think of how the timing of that all has to work yeah and it's like every three months something devastating is happening yeah losing a
0: job his kids hate him or 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 his wife has divorced him and it's just yeah just really well, like really tough this traumatic event his wife
1: <laughs> divorces him loses the job wife is getting remarried now
0: <laughs> the kids seem to like the new dad like uh-huh. he seems like a nice guy i can't can't, can't fault him yeah um no, I I enjoyed that. Um, it, it's it's like, hey, let's take the John McClane element of getting a divorce. Let's and really turn the fucking muscle up. A nozzle bit. up
1: on that. There's some other, there's some other stuff in this like that too. I'm like let's heighten this up a little bit from the the diehard.
0: This movie does a great job heightening all the things you did not need them to heighten.
1: No, they were already at like melodrama.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um. And so the, the movie opens with, of course, Darren McCord, uh, who who seems to not have a very important job working for the, the Penguins as a fire marshal, um, somehow managing to land three pretty good seats for the Stanley Cup finals game seven, which which feels that might be the most unbelievable part of this movie is that, that a guy who just works part time at the at the stadium is getting game seven tickets. <laughs>
1: That's yeah yeah what's the the backstory on on that and they're not like they're not like way like nosebleed either <laughs> no he,
0: he's probably like in the 200s like probably pretty good seats he's not on the glass but like, almost like center ice like yeah yeah like
1: it seems pretty good too good, too good.
0: you think he's also having- like,
1: where he's at in his life he probably needs to be like scalping this
0: yeah like you think he's like hooking up with the owner of the penguins in this like that's the backstory of how he got the tickets
1: seemed like he might have been banging the uh the girl's mascot he, yeah,
0: he was he was hooking up with icy you're right and uh, that and she may be able to hook him up with some t- tickets yeah that that's that's actually the dark uh underbelly of this movie is 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 how people are getting tickets and it's it's van Dam hooking up with icy and then icy in turn hooking up with the owner it's a <laughs> it's it's a real uh it's a real it's,
1: shady stuff happening. Real shady. It's, it's, it's
0: definitely some Dan snyder level stuff happening <laughs> at the uh the nineteen ninety five Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: so so Darren McCord shows up to pick his to pick his kids up, and he's got these tickets, and it just the classic classic scene you've seen a million times, uh, uh the, like the. Divorced dad shows up, and the mom's like, you, you, you can't do this. You can't just show up like this. Dude, that, mom,
0: that mom should have been asking those kids, give me your fucking tickets. I had to marry this guy. <laughs> it's game seven. I'm going. You guys are staying home. You can watch it with your stepdad. I'm going. I'm going to game seven. And so I, I was curious. Like I couldn't quite
1: get like, did he just show up out of nowhere? Is that what they're like? kind of saying? Like
0: where, like, where he's at? <laughs> Uh, with, with his visitation i guess I, I will say it's like a child of divorce um i do remember there was very and not like for any negative reason about my parents it was just obviously two people who who didn't want to be together but um it was it was like very clear of like these days are the days i go and spend with my dad and it was like a kind of a a, a difficult schedule to to make sure that you know not difficult so like you had to make sure you maintained it right and and i, I but yeah. like my parents were reasonable, and like they both weren't real Darren McCords about the whole thing in terms of just like showing up when they weren't <laughs> supposed to, or or like having weird requests. But it does feel like this is kind of JCVD's fault, right? Like he just shows up and he's like,
1: I'm back like, and he, forth about it.
0: Oh, right, right, well, go for it. I want to I want to hear your case for and against. Okay. So it's or, 1995. In this movie about terrorism, let's talk about childhood divorce. Story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and full disclosure, I am divorced and I have children. So, like, I have some experience with this. Um, but, like, so it's 1995, though. So let's say he's like, in my mind, he's at the stadium, he gets the tickets to the game. It's not like he has a cell phone. Where he's gonna like, in the, or the and the wife has a cell phone. Where they're gonna text each other about shit. He's like, oh, I, I tried calling the house, nobody answered. I had no other way to communicate with anybody. <laughs> so he's like, you know what? I, I'm on my lunch break. I'm gonna drive on over, and just talk to him. Like, yeah. hey, I really big surprise. Uh, I there was fucking icy kids. I got some extra tickets. Yeah. <laughs> extra tickets, game seven of the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, <laughs> do you think the kids can go? Uh, so I will say the big mistake by Darren McCord is he tells the kids first
0: <laughs> that
1: you, you can't do that. You can't do that to the now. I don't know what the relationship is. And like, you know, sometimes. Uh, not,
0: not good from how they message I get
1: the proper move would be to like be like oh hey i'm just uh, yeah good to see you guys i did talk to your mom for a minute and then like be like hey uh i got these tickets I, it'd be awesome for the kids to go but it really seems like the mom would 100% say no <laughs> like shut that down immediately so she kind of needs the guilt trip from the kids that they want to go uh, and would be disappointed <laughs> and be like fuck you mom you didn't let us go to game 7 of the Stanley Cup finals
0: Oh, well, I, I give the stepdad credit in this because he's at least like trying to advocate for for our our boy Darren McCord here. Yeah, I appreciated it. I appreciate yeah. that. No, he, he was trying to he was trying to stick up for him. Um, yeah, I, I feel like uh, JCVD's just kind of a fuck up in this. Like, yeah, he, he kind of run all this on himself in some way, shape, or form. Like he probably internalized the whole kid dying too much and. <laughs> That's what, I mean, that's what they're trying to message is like, okay, you know, this horrible thing has happened and he's he hasn't coped with it. Even though he seems completely normal on the surface for everything else, he right. hasn't coped has cope with this one thing. So, um, yeah, I think it's Darren's fault. Darren fucked this up. I think you're right. Like, he got too excited. He didn't think it through. And he just shows up and that was his mistake was just showing up and... um. I kind of feel like if this is reality, those kids really aren't in, into hockey at all.
1: I think all that, I think it really matters though is, is when did he get the tickets? Like how long has he had? Oh, these I
0: think he had him like three weeks ago.
1: Yeah. That seems like that's possible <laughs> for where he's at. And then like, that like day he had, was like.
0: He had him when they were still in the playoffs. He's like, Hey, I got access to get, I had access to get these, uh, <laughs> like, these could have taken tickets. him to game one <laughs> yeah or, or like even like pre-finals like he's got playoff tickets and he's like oh, I, I didn't do it so yeah. dare McCord bad dad <laughs>
1: <laughs> which and the, as other evidence of that the son seems Tyler to, sucks to, I will and, say that but then also hate him though the daughter is still like fully on board with her dad she's a little younger The son kind of seems to be like, yeah, dad's kind of a fuck up, and like, no, it would be better without him.
0: I agree. I I, bad news for Tyler. Tyler straight up sucks. I remember even as a as a kid, yeah, he was like, okay, that kid's a (laughs) douchebag. He needs to to say. Seems like
1: he's not handling
0: the divorce well. So uh, I I cut him some slack. No, but I also feel like maybe that stepdad's feeding too much into uh, all right, just buy him what he wants type of type of stuff. Uh, Oh,
1: yeah, the, spoiler, the mom. It seems like that mom is like a spoiler.
0: Yeah. Give him I everything
1: think, they want to make dad look like a bad guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. tell if it's, if it's her spoiling Tyler and a bad combo of just bad decision making from Jean-Claude Van Damme's side. Yeah. Either way, I think Tyler, bad future ahead. So what do you think... <laughs> <laughs> with,
1: it's there. Hey, like, let's
0: spend another hour shitting on Darren yeah. McCord's
1: kid. So when it's like <laughs> weekend with the kid, what do you think he does with them? Sorry, I lost you. What did you say? But uh, it's Darren McCord's weekend with his kids. What, what 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 do you think he does with them? What does he take them to go do? <laughs>
0: uh well if it's anything like my childhood, he's probably making them a lot of easy Mac. And um making them do stuff that he wants to do. So that was, that's my guess. Is probably changing a lot of light bulbs because that seems to be it the only like... thing they, they identify is like what he does as a job, is is or, it,
1: or are, is it hey kids you want to go meet icy again? <laughs> Dad, we meet icy every fucking weekend.
0: Daddy, I don't understand why icy smokes cigarettes <laughs> 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 No, I, I I definitely think it's like uh, weird single dad weekends for those kids. Like Darren lives in a shitty apartment in in downtown yeah. Pittsburgh. Uh, it smells, and there's weird women that they do not uh, they do not know their names that are that are leaving his apartment when he shows back
1: up. <laughs> and it seems like he has no money and no concept what kids would enjoy.
0: <laughs> they message that pretty hard. Like that that was one of my favorite. Like movie tropes from this time was when he pulls up to this family's house, he's driving in a, like a, a late 60s Mustang, and it's got like primer on one piece, and then it's got like normal paint. It's like, okay, like that's how they're gonna message to us that he doesn't have any money left and he's kind of broke, but like he's still a good dad because he's taking his kids to game seven, right? Yeah, like, that's that's I love that movie trope. <laughs> so I, I feel like going to this game, even with the terrorist shit that happens, it's still the best weekend these kids have their dad. <laughs> I'm, hey, Tyler, eat your crepes. I made you crepes. Eat the crepes. <laughs> okay. You want to meet Robotai? I take you meet Robert I so, anyway, uh, so I, I think I think uh it does, this, is, could this do is two more hours in the back. Right I, <laughs> I could too. I could too because because they they try and set him up so much as being a sympathetic guy, and they do everything <laughs> to show you no, he's kind of a piece of shit, and he probably <laughs> deserves everything that happened to him. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and then but he's our, he's our action hero. He is our action hero, and 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 he is a guy. Let's recap. Let's recap his his resume. Ex-firefighter, current fire marshal, ex semi-professional hockey player, um, undisclosed uh karate <laughs> expert. <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> Darren McCord, <Stop. laughs> true American hero. Oh. I I That's really sweet. could talk, I could talk for another hour, but horse I know I and so Tyler hours. I don't even know what the daughter's name is, but I, I'd be happy to talk about that. But I, I think what we should talk about is we should talk about the cast of uh, bad guys we have in this because it's a it's a murderous row of bad knockoff villains <laughs> that we have to talk about.
1: But they're as far as these like uh, diehard knockoffs go, they do a pretty good job. Ge- like it's solid casting at the very least. Yeah, it is. Like they're all the right level of like person bad, bad guy they're all like they could do that. it's like it's like the mo- if, if like anything that goes wrong is like well actually for the most part anything that goes wrong is like the movie's fault now, that, but there are a couple henchmen that are cast that are like they're just like little guys <laughs> it's like Weasley little guys so <laughs> I do have a couple questions on, on some of them but like <laughs> But they kind so of the guy wearing throwing... the
0: tuxedo shirt, the pink tuxedo yeah. shirt.
1: It's like his go-to. They Kind of just keep throwing guys at Van Damme. So I get they like tend kind to of just ran out of people.
0: <laughs> how many? How many bad guys do you think are in on this plot? Because I think I know you threw a number out at one point. <laughs> I want to talk about
1: that. How many guys I, are, are? It you seems know? like there's like twenty four. Is going to be my guess,
0: and that's like a non joking guess. Well, in, in Die Hard they had like minimum, what like eight or twelve, maybe. Eight to ten, I'd say. Yeah. Cause you had you had Hans, you had the two brothers, you had Al Leong, uh, and then yeah, you the, had the guy
1: at the door. The guy at the, the door,
0: and you had the guy uh uh that gets knocked out at the end, and you've got um what's his name? You've got uh Heinrich, and you've got yeah, it's it's like eight or ten. All right, fair. Eight or ten. All right. I shouldn't have counted that the whole yeah. time. Let's just keep going. Let's keep going. So 24 guys. Yeah, I this But this
1: this feels like 24. Yeah. <laughs> and you and you get the guy who goes to the, the house of the uh the chef's the chef's wife.
0: Uh, uh Andrew the chef, yeah. That guy. Who has
1: the guy who wants big Uh remember, the
0: henchman. They're cookies, not cake. Or they're cake, not cookies. I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so I, I have some questions. <laughs> let's let's hit it. You get this montage sequence of these henchmen like preparing to like infiltrate, and some of it makes sense, and some of it is like like a straight from Commando. These two guys pull up and they're like, "Hey, and I forget what they say, but it's the same as like,
0: you well, know, they rear, like, they're they those two right, security so guards.
1: Like, yeah, I thought you'd miss me, and I don't worry, we won't. Don't worry, that kind of we shit won't. from Commando." Where they pull up to the uh, security guards, have a brief conversation, and then murder them and take their, like, security stuff to, like, become the security guards. And there's this whole montage. But then there's a thing where they're all at this, like, undisclosed, like, factory, like, like <laughs> making popcorn. And they're putting, like, bombs inside penguin stuffed animals that don't really pay off. Or, like, I, or, like is that, like, like, underneath the stadium or... I didn't quite get I, I, what's happening. I took it
0: as that's how they smuggle the bombs into the stadium is the popcorn and then the, the uh, penguins uh. stuffed animals. But you're right. Okay. They said they set it up as if they're in gonna there. like pass them out and it's gonna go off in somebody's hands in the in the stands. Okay. Something. Oh now you know that makes sense. That makes Which that is makes why gross. which is that's I gross. I'll go back to it. That's why uh divorcee and current um fire marshal Darren McCord finds all those emptied uh stuffed animals of the icy stuffed animals. Yeah, okay so I, I, I think yeah. that's how they're smuggling the c4 into the uh, into the, stadium. In the icy stuffed animals yeah uh, okay okay
1: it makes sense I buy it <laughs> I'll allow it okay uh, so so we left out that there, there's a there's a pretty big VIP coming to this game seven in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs>
0: Uh it was I think it was Mike Pence, as best I can tell from this guy. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> the vice president is gonna be at game seven. <laughs> it, it, I think his name it's Vice President Bender, if I if I remember correctly. Let me uh a long way for it. Raymond J. Berry plays Vice President Daniel Bender. <laughs> Ooh, which I think I thought that was the name of one of the characters in Hard Target. <laughs> wait for nice. it. All right. Keep going. Let's talk about the vice president but keep going.
1: So the vice president is coming. And I oh, got my video is going crazy again. Oh, no, it fixed it. Okay. Oh, I can uh, hear you though. So so that's their plan is like they're going to terrorist plan is they're going to take the owner's box hostage with all is like VIPs in there like the mayor, of Pittsburgh's there, but the big one is the vice president. They're going to make the vice president call the president and release these, like, secret funds. I, I didn't quite get what this money was, but it's, like, the U.S. government has these, like, secret funds, of, like, money they've confiscated from other countries, or, like, I don't know, but I, I did enjoy, they're going after, like, over a billion dollars. It's, like, 1.6 billion or something, and, like, I appreciated it. I was, like, okay, that tracks that, like, All these guys would be like, "Yeah, let's take a shot at it," and like so. Left out the main terrorist, the Hans Gruber of it all, is Powers Booth, with one of the worst names ever, Joshua (laughs) Foss. (laughs) I uh, should just call him Powers Booth, as 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 you had in your notes.
0: Powers Booth, way more menacing name. I like, I like, I like that, Joshua, (laughs) Joshua, Mr. Joshua, right? Joshua. you gotta put
1: mister at the front of it
0: yeah you have to if anybody doesn't get that mr joshua was uh gary busey yeah from from with the weapon
1: yeah uh but so i, I but i did help me. I was like, okay they're going after like 1.6 billion or something and like so it helps me buy like powers booth is basically like yeah we're doing this and if it doesn't work out, we're blowing up the stadium, <laughs> and like if we die, we die. But it's like we just roll the dice for a billion dollars. It's like okay, like I like it
0: tracks. I, I appreciate I, I, that that almost thirty years on, that's still at least a meaningful amount of money. It's not like he asked for five million dollars. He's, he's yeah. like never gonna yeah. see that again. Like you know, it's like at least a plausible. All right, <laughs> I, I'll buy into that. Well, and you
1: you buy like oh you could like disappear like buy your way into like some other country you're like yeah hey, you're like yeah that's a obscene amount of money and with so many guys it's a obscene amount of money for all of them yeah yeah
0: I, I well for twenty four guys and assuming
1: Powers Booth takes the chunk of it but they're all being very well compensated.
0: And the Powers Booth is a, a former Secret Service agent that is a uh, he is... Oh, he's a current Secret Service oh, agent. I'm sorry. You're right. He's current. He's current. <laughs> he, he points that out. He points that out.
1: In the uh, counterfeit department, I believe.
0: Uh, yep. And what is the joke he makes? Is like, uh, the money's good, but you, money's can't, good. Spend you can't spend it. He's can't spend it. Love it. Yeah, yeah. So... How do they? How do they
1: infiltrate the vice president? Uh, the owner's box with the vice president, and in
0: they infiltrate it using a combination of a small man dressed as Chef Boyardee <laughs> and a shrimp cocktail. <laughs> so they the, uh, full person, the fun. vice president always. Yeah, a so fun. that that is a fun setup. That that um, they take the head chef, which I think is hilarious. They act like it's the most prestigious job in the world. You're the head chef of the, the chef of the executive of box of the, of the Penguins Arena. Yeah, it's like, come on, motherfuckers! Like, <laughs> like that is not a good job. And I I was watching this with my wife, and uh, uh, I guess spoiler when we're recording this. Recording this on on January 11th, um, I w- I, got, I was lucky enough I got to go to the Jags playoff game, or, or not the playoff game, but it was game 18 of the season, or week 18. Of the season, and uh, we beat the Titans, and we got to go to uh the playoffs right so we're playing the chargers this saturday hopefully next saturday i'm still talking about this <laughs> we're still in it. we'll see um but i was laughing cuz i was watching that and i i've i've been i work for a company that that's had a a box for a decade at at an nfl stadium and it's like if you look at the food and it's like i love the idea that they're just they're putting this executive chef over A NHL VIP box because it's like oh it's like we have this executive chef who's curated this dish of uh, pork nachos for you, Mr. (laughs) (laughs) President. It's like no, it's like it's not it's not some fucking famous chef. It's it's just some guy. Like it's just some cook that's down there. It's it's probably and we're gonna cover it. It's probably a Casey Ryback who's downstairs and he's cooking. (laughs) He's cooking. He's cooking pork nachos. He's making some chicken wings. It's not some guy making some fa- crazy fancy meal. So the- It's okay. It's a plot device. I get it. I get it, Baldwin family. You're using a chef as your plot device to, to get the terrorist into the VIP suite. But They set up this old couple, uh, Andrew and his wife. Uh, they take the wife hostage. She calls Andrew, uh, who is the executive chef for the vice president in this. And uh they set it up that they'll kill his wife if he does not help powers booth and his and his uh his cronies get into the vip booth uh he takes them up on the elevator which of course the executive chef is the only person without security allowed to get onto the elevator and uh they kill the secret service agents break into the vip lounge and then now we have powers booth walking around um really just shooting people at random to show you how yeah. bad he is it's a, it's a, he no kills way. a lot of people just yeah like he, he, he they kind of set it up that he has all these hostages that he might need to use as leverage uh he kills a lot of them is sort of a just to make a point yeah <laughs> and uh that 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 kind of kicks us off into uh what I would call is the first period of this movie and uh <laughs> um so, and, and, so- and kicks off the uh, the kind of the McGuffin is is all right there's a hostage situation. nobody else in the stadium knows about it and there's also been these bombs we've talked about planted all around all around the uh, the Civic center that that will go off if Powers Booth is not paid and uh that leads into him talking to the I think it's the FBI where his his point is if you don't transfer so much money by the end of each period, I'll start executing hostages and then by the third period, if none of the money's there, I'm not, I'm not made whole on what I want, I am blowing up the stadium and everybody's dead. So that's that's kind of our big bombshell moment as to what what we should expect from from our terrorists. And so Powers Booth is good. Yeah. he's a good
1: kind of Alan Rickman Hans Gruber proxy. I don't. The script's not as good as Die Hard, <laughs> so that <laughs> kind of lets. Let's him down a bit. No to Sousa,
0: baby. No to Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Going back to season but, one, no to Sousa. Uh, but they're very much trying to make him Hans Gruber. Cause they, they have a moment that's very similar. So, um, in, in diehard Hans Gruber, the main, it's, I think it's Takaki. Um, uh, I think I said that right. No, Takagi. Anyway. Um, they're riding an elevator together and Hans Gruber makes a comment about his suit and he's like, Oh, I love you suit, like so and so like in London. I I own two myself. And <laughs> they have one of the hostages say to Powers Booth, like, I don't think you're gonna kill any of us. Not not someone who has like a ten thousand dollar watch. And he's like, Actually, it's fifteen thousand dollar watch and it's like it, the exact like scene exact... Establishing character trait of Hans Gruber talking about suits. His power suit is talking about his $15,000 wristwatch.
0: It's a great (laughs) way to establish he's motivated only by money as a bad guy. No, it has like good pseudo class. Like, yeah, appreciates finer
1: things, but only on like their value of like or what they bring, like what it
0: costs. I they do such a better job teeing up Gruber because. The, the yeah. whole subterfuge, subterfuge for the plot in Die Hard is, it seems like it is a politically motivated event, and then they reveal at the end it's actually, it really is just a. And they they say it in the movie, it's just a bank heist. That's all it is. Um, yeah. Here they just are like, well, we're gonna skip all that cool part where they, they build up <laughs> you, to <you're> it. Trying <laughs> to figure out what they're
1: doing what the movie, yeah. it's immediately bank heist. Yeah,
0: no, we're just here to steal steal money from people to, yeah. and, and we, we want a billion dollars. This. Yeah, so. I, I I like I like to your point. I like Powers Booth in this. I agree. His name, the, the bad guy's name, should have just been Powers Booth. But they never is, say his name in this. I don't think so. I don't I, think to, they ever say it. No, probably because I, I, it's terrible. <laughs> um, uh, possibly. And I think, but he, Powers Booth does a good job. He he he's got some good humor in this. He's punchy. He he's kind of got like a kind of a like a wry rascally charisma about him but he's also it's, it's menacing
1: really... he's charming and yeah. It's a, yeah yeah no he's
0: good we'll talk about his wig work later on in this but uh <laughs> that's where his character kind of falls apart for me when, but... when he cosplays as richard from new year's evil uh richard or i would say uh jeremiah johnson era of um <laughs> uh, robert redford robert redford uh with a very bad wig but yeah, so yeah. I, I like I like our villains in this. All of them are pretty quippy. Uh they that that definitely feels like a diehard pull is they're all they're all sarcastic. Um I laughed when uh Andrew the chef is like, You better not hurt my wife or I'll hurt you, or something like that. And the guy's like, What are you gonna do to me? Are you gonna burn my toast? It's like, <laughs> all right, well, that's that's fun. At least at least these guys are having a good time with it. So, so um, one go
1: pick I had around the chef. Uh, so they're planning. They're gonna. So this guy, Andrew, the chef. They go to his house and they take his wife hostage and they have him call. They have the wife call her husband at work and tell him, like, if you don't do what they say, they're gonna kill me. Well, I was like, a pretty big flaw on this. Like, this is a pretty big day at work. For me. Like the vice president's coming. Yeah, what if you can't get him? Like, there's a decent chance. The guy's like, Hey, Andrew, your, your wife's on the phone. He's like, Hey, tell her I'll call her the fuck back. I'm cooking dinner for the vice president. <laughs> and like, <laughs> this,
0: this never gets communicated to him. I am making pork fucking nachos for the vice hey, president. It's chicken wings. are going to fry themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I agree. There's a lot of like perfect timing. Otherwise this never would work in real life. Uh, but um hey, you know what? Well <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. It, the, there's
1: also some shit like why is that one terrorist need to dress up as Icy?
0: I don't know. I I, I like I may, <laughs> my only thought was maybe they're using that as subterfuge to, to hide bombs around the the stadium.
1: To but get into that, the X and then you died
0: Yeah, but even that's like yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, even I don't that fully doesn't buy. matter because Jean-Claude Van Damme spends this entire movie crawling around a stadium during the biggest game of this of the NHL, and there's <laughs> Never, nobody else yeah, there's around. A... Nobody. There's no security guards. Is that because they've killed everyone already? I don't know. Um, you know what? No, I'm gonna say no. No, I'm no, just gonna say they, they do kill a few
1: people, but not. Stadium level number of people, like, no, they,
0: they kill Icy, the, the lady who plays Icy. You see that they kill bl- one or
1: two security guards, one or two like random, like, yeah, worker people. But yeah, there's still gonna be a lot of people around,
0: yeah. So, I, the, so, I, anyway, I, I think, um, I, I enjoy that, the, that part of it, though. That Van Damme is just sort of running around the stadium and there's nobody else around, and it's like. I, this this is such a pre 9 11 movie, and that sounds so dark to say that. But it's just like yeah. if you've been to a, a major sporting event post 11 eleven, you're right. You're right. Never you'll never see security. Thinking this last, of like ever. the past
1: like fifteen years, yeah, think, like, stadiums. Like, but yeah, nineteen ninety five, a little different.
0: No, like I I think so. I I know I, I got to go. I, I will harp on the Jags. I, I'm 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 thankful I even get to say this. I got to go to the AFC Championship game at uh, Foxborough. Uh, in 2018 and uh first of all miles jack was not fucking down let's just say that (laughs) and uh the jack should have been in in the 2018 super bowl um fuck you tom brady and uh but going through there it's like i went through metal detectors i went through pat downs it's like i went through serious security and it's like if i didn't have access to go to somewhere it's like i wasn't going there and in this it's like uh, okay, there's just some random guy in a suit. Uh, you know, Hallmark. We'll touch on him in a second, but uh, yes. he just yes. disappears underneath the stands, or like he's in the cistern of the the Civic Center for for Pittsburgh. There, you can go anywhere you want, as far as I'm concerned, in major sporting events. If you watch this movie, no consequences.
1: Yeah, like conservatively, to, in real life, you'd have to kill like 50 people. To get that hand of access,
0: and I have it still didn't work. it still didn't work.
1: Still didn't work. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait, a minute. we gotta,
0: we gotta Never mind. Stop Never mind. I'm gonna back away. Um, <laughs> well, uh, should we talk about? Yeah. Um... yeah, we gotta get into some of the the Van
1: Damme now. So his kids are there. He leaves them the seats, and very importantly, he tells them not to leave. <laughs> but his daughter does because the. Little
0: shit son. Tyler, that piece of shit, spills a coke all over his sister's lap.
1: And she leaves. But then she encounters Icy in the bathroom, but it's not the real Icy. And then she sees the real Icy that she killed. And so she ends up in the uh, owner's owners' box. So now Powers Booth has Van Damme's kid. And obviously, that adds personal stakes, heightens everything to it. Um, but most importantly, <laughs> the highlight of the movie. We get Van Dam having to fight the Pittsburgh Penguins mascot in the kitchen. <laughs> it's brutal too. It's every brutal kitchen fight. thing you can imagine: the deep fryer, like the grill, dishwasher, like every every single thing they like use during this fight. It's it's fantastic.
0: It, that when we, I'll go back to what you said. When this feels like a comedy, this these are the scenes where it's like if you told me that uh, the Zucker brothers wrote this scene, I would also believe you. <laughs> um, yeah. Because uh, I'm trying to think, it's it's a it's actually a pretty good fight scene. Like, I, I like what they do. Um, they're a little bit a hat on the hat when they come back and have another kill and fight sequence in the same spot. They like <laughs> do do it again. Right after that. Although that's what I great.
1: left out in the mascot fight, he looks in the mascot's mouth, and that's where the eyes are. Yeah, and grab some crushed red pepper, and pours <laughs> it down the mouth. It's so all the crushed red peppers in like in the lady's eyes.
0: She has a brutal death, so she gets her hand put into a a uh, a and it like boils her hand in seconds. Um, yeah, she gets her head,
1: awful.
0: and that, I don't know if it's actually her head, but like icy's head gets pushed up into like a, a yeah, vent I fan. Tell- it's <laughs> like, that feels bad. But then she, she, uh, to to Van Damme's credit, you know, we're talking about uh, a major action star in the 1990s. He he gets his ass kicked and he gets his ass kicked by a fucking penguin. You know, so like, I, I give him credit. Yeah. That it, this is a little bit different from other action movies where he at least is allowing himself to look vulnerable as the hero, but, but still win. But he's not the full on like expert fighter. Yeah. That like, yeah. Yeah. I like that part of it. I like that we're getting we're getting more down to earth. It's it's, well, it's the diehard. It's more the John McClain. That's true. I'm sorry, you're right. I uh never mind. He's just ripping off (laughs) John John McClain. You're right. Never mind.
1: And I'm sure that was how they sold about it. Like, oh yeah, it's it's a diehard. So you're gonna be John McClane.
0: Oh my god. McClain McCord? You think it's that easy? Oh fuck. (laughs) I think it is. I think I think it's that. It's that basic of a of a. a, a I might have just taken
1: this movie down a notch.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, me too. I was like, this is this is it's too on the nose for for Die Hard.
1: So speaking of taking the movie down a notch, so the, <laughs> the mascot fight, he puts her in this like industrial dishwasher, and that's that's how uh that's how he wins the fight. It's,
0: Strangles it's, her. Yeah, her her her, her yeah. mask gets caught with gets the, caught uh, as
1: a, yeah, but but the it's in the dishwasher. And I was really disappointed. we did not get a line from him. something along the lines of uh, that's the that that's what I call a clean kill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i they did miss an opportunity there to do some puns. And I think that's that is an area where it's like there are some pretty creative kills in this. and it, and Van Dam has some jokes here and there, but like he misses out. And all I yeah. think about is the uh, the Simpsons episode where where uh, Raynor Wolfcastle <laughs> plays uh, uh is it at is it, it atomic man. is a oh, at, man uh, radioactive man radioactive man radioactive man and he and they keep saying all right say up and at and atom <laughs> up and at them and I'm like that's probably a pretty good proxy for what I, trying to get Van Dam punchy I, lines like, was like
1: I was wondering if like maybe there were a couple and they're they're like. <laughs> I can't say it. I can't say it. Like, like,
0: it's just
1: not working. It's
0: just <laughs> yeah. Not so working. It's like, we're gonna move on. Just move on. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna go shoot something <laughs> yeah. else. So um no, I, I love the Icy fight. I do think it's funny though that he immediately goes and tells another security guard, which is a guy who probably has less status in that arena than he does. <laughs> <laughs> and he tells that guy who also is happens to be a terrorist in disguise. And they go back to the spot where he kills Icy. And then he immediately has to fight and kill that guy in almost the exact same way. <laughs> well, I oh no no I'm sorry I take it back. He stabs the guy in the neck with a chicken wing. Yes, or chicken bone, like a, like a, like a thigh or something like, like that, like a turkey leg thigh, yeah, like it's
1: something like, like yeah. But it's,
0: that's that's a pretty good, it's a kill. pretty awesome kill.
1: <laughs> I was a fan <laughs> of that moment.
0: Well, that's that's like um, it goes back to the whole cooking scene. Of I laughed when. As soon as that guy Andrew goes upstairs to to get the terrorists infiltrated into the the vice president's suite um one of the, one of the secret service agents is like okay everybody who's a cook put down everything you're doing and just leave we don't need <laughs> you to cook any more food we've served all the food we need to the vice president get the fuck out of the kitchen <laughs> so it's like literally everybody just go sit and they're like some guys like i'm going to leave this this um this this turkey leg right here on this on this plate and I'm gonna walk away from my station. Just setting so, things up. Yep. Cause I'm sure this will come back to me on Monday when I have to come back in here. The penguins <laughs> are gonna have won game seven. Everything's gonna be great. And I'll clean this turkey leg up. All oh, you can hope for. So. Yeah, everything's turned up roses for that guy. <laughs> so do you want to talk about uh uh our uh secret agent hallmark? Yeah,
1: yeah, I think I think we, we gotta touch him at least a little bit.
0: Oh, I bet we will touch him.
1: So uh, Dorian, uh, Herewood ha- plays Hallmark. You might know him. He's what is he? Eightball, I believe is his name. In a uh, yeah, Full he, Metal he's ball and
0: Full Metal Jacket, which is uh, crazy good role. He's yeah. also um, he's also uh, in uh, Hard Target too. Oh, is he? Yeah, he plays um, one of the guys. Uh, he's one of the homeless guys. It's weird. It's not on his letterbox, but he plays one of the. The homeless guys. That's a friend of the, the dad that the main character or one of the main characters in, in Hard Targets trying to trying to help. And I, I don't understand. I guess why it's not on his letterbox. Letterbox is a little funky like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh but he he's pretty good in that, and uh. Yeah, he's a
1: guy. Who's been in a million,
0: so he's... Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. A whole bunch. A long, of stuff. long career but uh, Uh, in this he he's a pretty good uh i actually i actually forgot about this and i I liked it when i when i saw it when i was a, a kid they set him up as being like i think he's like the lead fbi agent or the lead secret service agent who's who's basically communicating with powers booth outside as as if um to do hostage negotiation and uh they set him up as a a a good guy, who establishes a rapport with um, via phone with. not like uh, Sergeant Al Powell in Die Hard. Yeah, a, a rapport very... with with uh, Van Dam. And uh, the, the 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 only bad part is you find out that he's a turn. There's a turn later on where he he's a bad guy working for Powers Booth. And, uh, um, I did not like this because one, I like him as a character, but two. The turn happens so fast after it's after, pointless.
1: Yeah, after yeah.
0: Hallmark and and uh, um, McCord meet, that it, they kind of spoil it. So I know you were gonna touch on that.
1: No, no, I was just say he's, he's a good character. You like him. He seems like he's doing pretty decent at his job. And then it's within like fifteen minutes, but it's the same thing. Of it within within that fifteen minutes of his turn, <laughs> damn builds this like crazy needle gun from like a fire extinguisher that you can shoot from his wrists that pays off two minutes later as well and he kills a guy with it i love it uh but it's it's, uh, like, it's like he
0: walks to the next room uses it. it's it's yeah. like it's like a video game
1: it's like well, thank god he made that because <laughs> <laughs> needed it right away but, uh but no it, it, yeah it, but it's within like 15 minutes so you find oh he's in on it with the bad guys. Like he and Van Dam are fighting, and Van Dam's like killing him. It's like so what was the point of that? Like it, it never it, it uh, was I, a little bit like, but like it kinda like you needed to stretch it out longer.
0: They they did, and they do a good job for the most part playing to the audience that you don't know it's he's a bad guy. Um Right, I it's a great turn. It is. And I, I do enjoy um his his death because uh what, what was revealed early in the movie is tyler for some reason and they make a big deal about it has snuck a pocket-sized super soaker water gun <laughs> into the into game seven of the stanley cup which i actually kind of believe i feel like that's something i would have done as a kid because i think it's cool yeah i just yeah and so uh our our inventive hero jared mccord fills it with lighter fluid and then he uses it to spray as like kind of it's played as a joke, but he sprays uh Hallmark in the face with it and lights it on fire at the same time. And and then Hallmark is horribly disfigured, which they immediately then show you his eye is drooping out. <laughs> he looks like goddamn Jason Voorhees, uh by the time they're actually done with him in this. So it that that's it's fun, but I, I wish they they played it out as the suspense of. And yeah. that's where this movie fails to be a really good diehard proxy is, is they don't, they have they have good windows and pockets to set up the suspense and these turns. But it, it, even though it's an hour and 50 minute movie, it feels like they still treat it like they're under the gun to just quickly advance everything along so fast that they have to reveal it. Almost as soon as they set it up, they reveal it. So the payoffs are not yeah. that satisfying.
1: No, they show no ability to like taste stuff properly. Right. It's just this scene this scene this scene and if there's gonna be a setup it has to pay off right away because we can't manage it in this like to do it all the way through and they don't <laughs> no no uh, but cause it, it's a good moment in the movie the turn of that uh, he's he's actually in on it with them but which is also like straight out of die Hard too which is funny for that hallmark is. Yeah, that's in true. on it with the bad guys. So funny to also pull on some Die Hard 2 here. Uh, but yeah, they just don't let it go quite long enough.
0: Well, actually, I'm, I'm going to look it up. I think it's the same. Yep, same year. In 1995, Die Hard 3 comes out. And I would argue, um, I get into this uh, argument, argument with my wife all the time. Die Hard 3, I think, is, is if, if I had to pick them, it's 1 and 3 two four five or five whatever um arguably Die Hard still got the juice to, to be a better movie even in 1995 you know seven years on from the original
1: yeah oh i would definitely say this but uh, well but so let's debate for another day
0: <laughs> let's talk about uh our boy mccord when he finds himself on the ice uh, as a goalie in game seven. The yeah, so,
1: so they've set up in like a locker room scene earlier where he brings his kids to meet some players, like and they oh my dad was like a semi-pro player and one of like the goalies like, yeah, we'll come around like to practice sometime, I'll show you the difference between like what you played and what we play. Yeah, uh, kind of thing. So Van Damme is Trying to disarm these bombs. They're sending the guys after him. And they know he's trying to disarm him, so they know where he's going. Which is a pretty cool thing that wherever he goes, like, it's hard for him to sneak around and do this yeah, undetected once they figure out he's doing it. That wherever he goes, he's going to have to deal with guys. So they're coming after him, so he goes like into the locker room. And so throughout the, the movie, which I guess is one thing they actually do set up and pay off this goalie has had been sick and has had like a 104 degree temperature. And they do mention that really early in the movie. So I will say, I will give him credit on that one. <laughs> they set that up early. And so the, but the goalie comes out of the game. And he's like, coach, I just, I can't do it. I'm too sick. Um, and so they send him to the locker room, put the sub So Van Dam's trying to hide in there. He's trying to hide, but the goalie's in there on like oxygen. So he steals the goalie's uniform and pads and goes out on the ice to get away from these terrorists. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, uh, oh, what's his name?" Um, is it Robotai? Yeah, for- no, Robotai. Rubita- Robotai is like the forward who scores at the end. Forget the goalie's name.
0: Oh, um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll look. See it. if I can pull he, it. it. Keep going, keep going. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll look it up. Yeah, I'll look it up. But okay.
1: Uh, but so and then the, so he comes back out on the ice, and the fans go crazy, and he skates over to the bench and sits down. to The coach is like, "What are you doing? If you can be out here, like, go get in goal." And so they, it's the big like moment of the movie of like Van Damme has to go play goalie in Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals, and it's a really tight game. And so he's obviously like freaking out. <laughs> and his son's in the stands watching him. So it's a huge deal. And so like the first couple of like things that come close to him, he's like totally like kind of just too nervous and unprepared oh, for like nothing. Yeah, uh,
0: Tolliver. Sorry.
1: Tolliver, yes. How I forget? I said it a million times.
0: So Van Damme's wearing the Tolliver jersey.
1: Everyone everyone thinks it's him. And there's this breakaway by one of the Blackhawks players. He's coming down and Van Dam's there there. The coach is like screaming, like, what are you doing? Come on. And, like Van Dam finally does what he's supposed to do. makes this incredible save. And then, and everyone goes, and then Van Damme takes off his like goalie glove and makes a gesture <laughs> to his son in the stands to like, to so his son knows it was actually like him in there all along, which I, you know, I get it as a dad. Like, I would want my fucking kids to know that was me in there who did it.
0: Well, or my does he take his glove? Is it just the glove? Or does he take, like, the whole helmet off and, like, fully reveal that it's not Tolliver? Just
1: the glove. I think. Just- okay, all right, all right.
0: I, I yeah. couldn't remember. And
1: does the gesture of the famous meme where Van Damme is like, I love you.
0: I, I-, I love you, Tyler. <laughs> um, It's very touching. And I think you had a good theory... Because I, I got my timelines wrong, and I, I watched The Last Dance last year. It's the the Michael Jordan documentary. I think it's like a six six part special. Yeah. Excellent. If if, if even if you don't like basketball, it is still an excellent excellent uh, documentary about the the life and times of of Michael Jordan at his peak. And I thought that um, his Fever game had actually taken place before this movie, but you corrected me. I think that's game five against the Utah Jazz in the 1995, uh, game six. Yeah,
1: game, game six? six in Utah. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs>
0: MJ MJ was playing with a uh, hundred and was it 104 degree fever? Well,
1: I suppose he had the flu, but there's the been flu, some yeah. there's been some stories where maybe he who was out gambling all night and just hung over.
0: But yeah. Neither would surprise uh, me. That's the sad part.
1: But yeah, but he wasn't feeling good.
0: Yeah. So Jor- Jordan was, was. Yeah. So Jordan. My theory was uh, go, go, it, it go, go fooled on. us
1: all. It, it fooled us all. Jordan, inspired by this movie, actually sent Van Damme out to play for him, and we just I, we just didn't recognize <laughs> it.
0: I, uh, I'll tell you, in, in the days of Rodman, nothing would have made me happier to see on the 1997 Chicago Bulls. Jean Claude Van Damme coming out in a, a number twenty three jersey. I mean,
1: Rodman and Van Damme have that
0: connection. They do. I, uh, God, I, I wish that that was a real thing. That I, I just love the idea that you have the the single best African American basketball player of all time uh, playing a game, and then Jean Claude Van Damme comes out to pretend to be him for an entire. Who's probably.
1: <laughs> 10 inches shorter than him?
0: <laughs> like... Oh no, it's more. It's gotta be more. It's gotta be like a foot. No,
1: Jordan was six six. So Van Dam's gotta be more than five six.
0: Uh what? according to who? Uh me. I don't know. <laughs> His internet height is five is five ten. So gonna... I'll
1: give him so maybe five <laughs> yeah, eight.
0: So it's not a
1: full it's not a full foot, but I just love the idea. But that, uh, like a bananas amount of, like he would look so small on a basketball
0: court i i i would love to see it i'm trying to think of like all right so who who is jcpd up against on the on the 1997 19, which 1990, is so,
1: which is so funny. utah jazz he's just rodman because rodman probably is a foot or most than him
0: oh it at least oh all right so he's up against carl malone <laughs> like, yeah holy shit yeah. It was Carmel in the mailman. Yeah, like that's yeah. not going to go well. I I love to think that I I agree with you. I would love to think that Michael Jordan ripped off the 1995 action movie <laughs> classic "Sudden Death" as to when he was not feeling great, how he how he treated it for for Game Five or game Van Dam. The um, I'd,
1: actually, I'd love it even more if if Jordan was in the locker room not feeling good. He's like, I, I know that I can go, guys. And Phil Jackson was like. All right. Give me John Claude Van Damme. Give me Van Damme.
0: Where do you need me, sir? I need you to be in Salt Lake City, Utah, yesterday. Because you got to take over the fucking number 23 and get on the court and play. And then he just walks in the locker room. <laughs> Isn't that kind of also the premise of Space Jam? Except instead of it being yeah. cartoons, it's just John Claude Van Damme instead. So speaking of Space Jam,
1: um uh, uh, our buddy uh, hallmark I No, our buddy Hallmark is a voice in Space Jam. He's one of the aliens.
0: I've never really watched that all the way through. So I I, I watched it the with first Carter. one, the original. Yeah, like I watched it. I was like yeah. just too old to probably really get it. Um, my our oldest has seen it, but I I'm not like I didn't get it. I, I just didn't get it. Disagree that
1: you are too old, but
0: <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, 90 96, I was old. Let's see, I was 13. Yeah. I was super into the bulls at this time. I didn't know shit about basketball, but I was super <laughs> into the bulls at this time because everybody was. Um, so yeah, okay. So it had Jordan Barkley, Ewing, uh, Muggsy Bogues, Larry, Larry Birds in it, right? Yeah. And then um, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. And then uh, uh, it's also got Wayne Knight as yep. New- Newman or Stanley Hodley. So I, I just um,
1: remember in eighth grade gym class one time we watched it and I was shocked like <laughs> how excited everyone else was to watch it. Um, just because I was, I was like, I don't know. I, I was into like still into like cartoons and shit like at that point in my life. Um so uh, yeah, I was just like, oh wow, everyone else, everyone's is pretty into this. Like I, I i would would not have guessed so, but
0: nice. I I remember it being a big deal, but I just felt like I missed the boat on as a kid. Um, it's pretty good.
1: It's better than the the uh, LeBron one.
0: Anna loves it. I watched the LeBron one with Carter, and we're, even Carter was like, not good. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it's not, yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. whatever. All right, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, conspiracy theory game game five or game six of the nineteen ninety seven uh, NBA championship. Pretty sure JCPD was actually when he stepped in on on Jordan's infamous flu game. So I think it's settled. And watch the video and just look past, look past the jersey. That's, that's the all evidence ask. is there. The evidence is there. That's yeah. all we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So all right, so so JCBD the 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 MacGuffin then becomes that his daughter is uh, is abducted by the terrorists and taken into the vice president's booth. So now that shit got personal. Where Powers Boost threatens to like murder her to her face. Like yeah, he's I, so on the nose evil. He's a bad guy. He's a really bad guy. Yeah. And so um, Hallmark has been burned in the face horribly. Um uh JCVD is now has now somehow figured out a plan that he is going to make a chemical bomb and he's gonna use that to break into the president's or the sorry the vice president, uh yes. his suite to rescue everybody and uh ensure that he can save the day. Uh which is actually a pretty cool scene of they they have um McCord climbing up the outside of it's the uh, old uh Pittsburgh Civic Center. And so he's scaling the front of that. I did laugh because everybody outside knows what's going on, and there seems to be no concept of the idea that there's a French Canadian man free scaling the, front, the <laughs> facade of this building. Nobody yeah. seems upset about that, but not at all. He, Which I did
1: I did Google to make sure that they did indeed build this arena where the roof does open up. <laughs>
0: It, well, it said it was the old civic center. Is that like, was that a real part of the the roof or was it yep, like, a... they
1: really did. It was one of like the first pro stadiums where like the roof opened up, which is another thing they do set up pretty well between periods. They set up where they open it up and they have shot fireworks outside. So if you're that's inside, true. you can look up and see the fireworks and then it closes again. And it's a pretty, like that's a pretty effective setup. It's pretty subtle, but it's there where you now, you know,
0: like that's the thing it can do. Um, Where I had a hard time with this is, and this is NFL rules, so keep me honest here if I'm wrong. And anybody who actually listens to this, uh, feel free to keep me honest with it. In in, in NFL, I thought there was a rule where if you have a retractable roof, you're you're not allowed. Yeah, Yeah. like you can't do either or. Like like there's no... There's no middle ground. Like you're either open. Uh, I open. don't.
1: I mean, I couldn't tell you for sure, but that's kind of the standard rule of like of
0: all sports, right?
1: Like you either start the game open or you start the game closed, and that's how it stays.
0: Yeah, that's right. what I thought too. So I was like, well, all right, maybe, but, maybe because it's hockey and, and the and the ice itself started cold, but I'm like, that seems like a weird choice. Like seems like they probably yeah, wouldn't play the game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. So if JCVD uh, free skills, the the or he he, he mountain climbs the front of the the building there's a guy that's on the roof that he ends up defeating uh using some solid snake style uh (laughs) hanging off the off the ledge and shimmying around and then uh he kicks that guy and that guy falls what seems to be 2,000 feet into a scoreboard (laughs) over the game that explodes and um uh then they do a very diehard moment where J- JCVD, I think he's tied a rope to himself, and they had this sort of um,
1: – Very, very diehard.
0: Low angle shot of him with his hands up jumping off the top of the uh, the stadium into it, and there's uh, the explosion of the the, the scoreboard. It, it felt like a direct ripoff of McLean jumping off the the roof. Yeah, of, with the fire hose. The, yeah, obviously. The hose. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like almost like shot for shot. And then McCord falls in and catches a bunch of uh uh stadium lights and uses that to basically ride in that
1: moment and
0: it's like a video game. It's like a yeah. video game. It's like all right, how do you solve how do you beat this level? He, he's got also to... a
1: professional gymnast, apparently.
0: Yeah. He rides his way over to the top of the um the uh the vice president's box and he throws his chemical chemical grenade on top. And blows a perfect Jean-Claude Van Damme size hole in the roof of the VIP lounge.
1: Manages to not kill like his daughter who's in there or anybody his else. Bomb. He's just callously throwing out the roof. Of it. But yeah,
0: that's the most impressive part: is that JCVD diffusing bombs and, and taking people out doesn't actually kill a bunch of other people <laughs> as collateral damage in this. Like that. That's probably the most impressive part.
1: And so, probably the most unrealistic.
0: <laughs> oh, that's yeah, true, true. <laughs> so uh so he does that and uh um we haven't touched on it because now we're getting to the end of the movie but what is fun is at every period end uh um uh powers booth is using the period end that if they've not moved enough money he's going to kill hostages and so in the first end the first period the mayor of pittsburgh's wife is annoying him so he murders her <laughs> in front of everybody and then i think he uh Um, you, they, they also do a great setup of, and I don't know why, and I want to talk about this for a second. Um, they set it up that at the end of the third quarter, there's not enough movie that's our money that's been moved. (laughs) And so you think he's, he pulls out this, this lighter that, that you think it looks like a detonator, but it's a cigarette lighter. And you think he's going to say, all right, well, hell with it. I've not made all the money I want to, I'm going to blow up the entire stadium. Well, Oh, okay. Big surprise, big turn. It's a cigarette lighter that happens to look like a goddamn bomb detonator, which, of course, I'm sure it looks like a Spencer's Gift level um, purchase that he got. I do enjoy that the whole premise of this movie hedges on um, the the actual hockey game between the, the Blackhawks and the Penguins goes into overtime. Or go, I'm sorry, goes into sudden sudden death. <laughs> yeah. And and Powers hey, Booth is like that's
1: why they named the movie
0: sudden death. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh man. Should have figured that out. Damn it. Damn it. But I love I love that Powers Booth's entire hostage situation is like, well, I'm gonna also honor the rules of hockey. And if the game <laughs> yeah. goes into overtime, I'm gonna give more time to pay me. So yeah. it's all it's all good like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let the let the <laughs> FBI take longer to pay me
1: yeah the only thing I'd say on that is I feel like he also does want the money so like
0: yeah fair
1: that is all like it's not entirely like it's also a little self-serving of like all right I won't blow things up and like potentially kill myself and not get all this money like all right you know what let's give him 10 minutes and see if we uh <laughs> We have a we have a convenient excuse to see if they come through with all this money.
0: <laughs> oh fair. I I yeah if you don't really want to kill yourself. But it I, is uh, it
1: is very funny though. Like he set out these rules
0: and it's like, well, the game went to overtime. It's, guess it's a I, gotta give you a, I guess I'm gonna give you yeah. an extension of time to pay me. <laughs> so I, I do love that. So and that's kind of what the setup for the for the third act is, is is as we go into sudden death, boom, titular line, JCVD blows its way into the uh um into the the VIP box. Miraculously, he helps with along with some of the Secret Service agents kill all of the bad guys except Powers Booth. Powers Booth escapes, and the money's already been some of the some of the money. I think they 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 reveal it. That's pretty good. Like, hey, he's shooting for a billion dollars. I think they kind of set it up that he maybe gets a hundred million, but he's okay to settle with it. So he's trying to. Escape. He's a little more than that, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, all all of his guys are dead at this point, right? Like the JCVD is I basically. Believe so. Off.
1: Well, is there's still the guys flying the helicopter later?
0: And, and tuxedo shirt dude, the the guy with the rocket launcher <laughs> yeah. we talk about, uh, tuxedo shirt dude. Um,
1: so, it's it's hard to hit everything in this movie. So we talk about the, like, some setups uh, and payoffs in here. We left out one setup. So once Powers Booth puts on his foolproof disguise. <laughs> How, how will they possibly identify him?
0: Oh, no. I don't know. How do you think, Michael? His bad wig? His shitty mustache?
1: No, no, no. We established early in the movie. His daughter has this stamp thing she's brought with her. And early in the movie, she puts a stamp on Van Damme's hand. And while she's in, been in a hostage, she's putting one of those sticks on Powers booth hand. So you yeah, know, he brought a whole disguise. Did not count on a little girl putting a stamp
0: on his hand, and she immediately recognizes him. I know it's like, all right, what does a hockey stadium hold in terms of people? What do you think? I I don't I don't know the answer. Twenty thousand, twenty right twenty five thousand. Like yeah. okay, um, let me let me. I'm gonna look. Uh, stadium capacity. I, I I'd have to think so. Like eighteen thousand fans, eighteen thousand fans okay. for the for the current. Uh, they're in a different stadium now, but like all right, let's say eighteen thousand. So it just so happens that JCBD is talking with his daughter to the FBI, and that Powers Booth is somehow lost. Seems to be lost in the stadium, trying to get out or find his way to the roof to get on a helicopter to escape. And through all of the chaos of eighteen thousand people running around, John claude Van Dam's daughter, who's wearing glasses spots the only other person who has a stamp on his hand and then identifies that as powers booth so she knows that she's found the bad guy
1: yeah I guess I don't, have point.
0: I, don't, I don't have a point to that other than 100 plausible I'm on board 100 yeah, on board <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this is what what happens next so so powers Booth Grabs the little girl and runs off. Yeah, he's going to take her
1: hostage and Again. try to get away. You know, yeah,
0: and so he makes he makes it back up to the rooftop. the The roof of the the dome is open, so you've got you've got uh, bad guys on the roof. JCPD manages to defeat the a couple of the bad guys, and then uh, he they screw this up. I I don't quite understand what happens, but he Powers Booth has a little girl dead to rights. He is going to shoot her. And then JCBD jumps in front of her, but then it cuts and he gets pulled back by the ladder that's on the helicopter and he drops his gun or, or something like that. But yeah. Then JCBD it, has like a chest wound
1: or like so a shot. I think he does. So I think what happens, Powers Booth is going to like shoot the daughter. <laughs> he like clearly says like the most evil line of like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to kill your daughter because I want you to live with having not been able to save her. It's like, Jesus Christ. Hey, he's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. But he's the helicopter's already like dropped the ladder down and he's hanging on to the ladder. But like, you know, it's a fucking helicopter. It's not like you're flying a helicopter. You got to like move it if you got to move it. And so I think that guy, like flying the helicopter, <laughs> the guy's like, hey, should All right, well, he's hanging on to it. I'm going to take off. And so, like, he already starts taking off, and so it jerks him a little bit, but Van Damme still dives in front of her, so it doesn't seem necessary that you had a jerk, or like, but it does seem like he gets, like, a shoulder wound or something, Van Damme. That's what,
0: I can't, I can't, it looks like he should have been shot, but then I don't think they set it up very well that, like...
1: I, I don't know, yeah, I don't know if they fully put everything quite together.
0: <laughs> At the, yeah, so I
1: thought he got shot, but then he... believe he does some stuff where it's like maybe he didn't get shot i I forget
0: he jumps so he 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 grabs powers booths i think he grabs powers booths drop that's right he climbs climbs up yeah there's no way he climbs up like 10 feet and then he just unloads whatever's left in the gun that's right through the the helicopter does that and of course incredible uh uh best special effects in this movie that's what this is
1: well so the problem with this okay I guess we've explained everything that happens here. <laughs> so the helicopter's going down, it's going to crash. But, like, the roof for the arena is open. And the helicopter is going... is, is like, dropping straight vertically into the arena. Backwards. But they, they really did do this. They had a crane and shit and really lowered the helicopter really? into the arena. It looks so bad. It looks awful. I mean, it looks fake, but I think I think like, but they show you like Van Damme on the roof, and I think that's the fake part. I think no, they're is. doing
0: that, that's what looks the worst, like
1: an optical or green screen or something to have green to have Van Damme in the shot. He, that he looks
0: he looks superimposed over a special effect yes. of the helicopter falling into the but stadium. Like,
1: the helicopters, it's it's not like a like they're
0: really taking that helicopter
1: and lowering it through the roof of the arena. And I guess it was like really like dangerous and like, but I, it's really, I, I think it's like they superimposed Van Damme on it. And that's what doesn't look good, which really spoils it. And probably they didn't need to do, they probably needed to shoot it where you didn't have to do that. Cause it's a pretty cool effect or a pretty cool. Like It could have
0: been. Cool like, been a cool idea. Yeah. It could have been a cool effect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and a great, like, power spoof cuts to him, like, in the helicopter going in and realizing, like, everything's gone wrong. That, that is my
0: favorite part, man. That is my favorite part is they're going backwards. He's going backwards in the helicopter down. And they they do a cut between him and Van Damme making, like, prolonged eye contact. Yeah, it's like
1: a crashing helicopter, but, like, prolonged eye contact between these two. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs>
0: And then, and, and then it's just a bunch of bad reaction shots of Powers Booth um, screaming as as, and that that does not look bad when it when it lands on the ice and it explodes. It's like no, point, it's it's, pretty, it's, a, yeah. it's a practical it's... effect and it's not they, they don't fake it. it. It's truly they're they're blowing up like a like a chassis of a helicopter looks like on the ice. And so I think that looks yeah, good. They, but...
1: they spent the money making the movie. Like yeah, it's a, yeah, like. For like 1995, that's probably as good as you get. Like,
0: but it's just—it's always this movie's always like two degrees off on everything from being like an epic movie to me. Like, it's weird. Like, yeah, you're not wrong. Like, yeah. special effects are never quite what they need to be for that scene, and everything else about it is like, it's like—it's just two degrees off from being like a Stallone or a Schwarzenegger movie, which to me would set it's like the next yeah. threshold threshold up. Uh, but I fucking love it <laughs> i I love it too, man like its it's it's Pete j c b d um probably had a serious coke problem at this point based on what we learned from Street Fighter. I,
1: I <laughs> was wondering about that uh, <laughs> where where he was at with uh with
0: those struggles um uh I would say deep, deep in this that he's having uh uh struggles and, with cocaine well, and no splits by him in this. I, I, yeah, I, that's kind of disappointing, right? Like it, it doesn't have some of the tropes that we talked about in the, during the canon run of uh, the JCVD splits. Cause it, we talked about it in um, Cyborg. He does that split in the ceiling where he stabs a guy through the chest while he's doing a split. <laughs> yeah. And then every other scene in Bloodsport, he's doing a split. Oh yeah. So, all right. So let's go. All right. So fast forward. All right. Bad guys defeated, blows up on the ice in a helicopter. JCVD and his kids escape. Um, is there any kind of scene of redemption? Not really. It's just Van <laughs> Damme being
1: know. loaded into an. I, that was, and so it, <laughs> we're talking about the the backstory of Darren McCord. Uh, the like like the next the next day the next month the next six months for him like the they give us nothing, so my conclusion is like, I don't, I don't think things are going well for him. Still,
0: I think it goes well for him for about two weeks, and he gets out of the hospital, and it's like, oh, he's no, no longer
1: his... like the hero, and like, yeah, yeah.
0: No, his life still sucks. Like, like things are not markedly better for him.
1: Yeah. Also, I feel talking about like divorced parents and stuff. He's uh, bringing these kids back to their mom, and she's pretty fucking pissed because. I sent the kids with you. They, the daughter, got taken hostage by a terrorist. Threatened to kill her. You had to climb up the top of the stadium to save her, and like you had to just take the son's toy and make a flamethrower thing out of it. It's, like I gave the kids for one night. They are lives are in like significant danger. Like. I'm gonna guess this mom is super fucking pissed. Uh, yeah, pretty not cool. With what what went on?
0: You think she's like mad that that he shows up and it's game seven, but what's her out is like a pretty cool uh uh dad kids event it's turned into a terrorist event where his daughter has yeah. now traumatized for the rest of her life.
1: I think I think she's a hundred percent. This is it's like blaming him for this and saying. This is why I didn't want to send the kids with you.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> because terrorists were going to take over the vice president's suite yep. and our daughter was going to get kidnapped and you were going to yell at yeah. Tyler and make him sit in his seat until the building literally fell down around him.
1: Yeah, that's definitely the vibe I'm getting from the relationship, that she's going to blame this all on him. <laughs> and <laughs> Probably. He, he's going to like spiral back into depression. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, probably so. Probably, I, I um, think, but, I think. So that's why I really thought yours. this
1: movie needed.
0: I really thought this movie
1: just needed a scene of him like six months later, like picking up the kids again to go do something, <laughs> just like <laughs> something of, <laughs> and talking about like yeah, like um, my like I don't know, like time of uh. I, I put in like the six months and now I'm fully back on the fire squad again. Hey, like, hey, I, hey let's go celebrate. I want you
0: guys to go meet the new Icy. I am also fucking that person too. <laughs> <laughs> that's possible. <laughs> or oh, he's the new Icy. He is. The, oh, that's they good. need one. That's the ending. That's the ending. They need a new Icy and they need somebody who can do splits and it can be good on the ice. Okay. all CBD. right.
1: No, here, here's my ending. It's a. Like, it's like six months later. It's one of the kids' phone and the parents have hired a there as part of the party. And one of the kid kids says, "Like, oh, I sure wish Dad could have been here." And he takes off the icy head, and it's him. And it's been there all along. And they're all like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah." yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, the sad truth is, in this movie, I think because <laughs> JCVD could not act, they basically yeah. just punt the entire uh, oh, uh, man. prologue on this and just say, well, there's it doesn't a, work.
1: As much as I love him, there's a few times in this movie where he, he, his acting is not good. It is rough a couple times. Um. And then there's, like, certain things, and you can see why it's, like, Bruce Willis being in Die Hard went on to be in many other movies, many other different kinds of movies, many other different kinds of roles, Um, obviously, is an actor. (laughs) And you can see, like, Jocko and Van Damme, why, like, when, like, that kind of 80s, early 90s action movie craze kind of, like, started getting, going more, like, direct-to-video type things he didn't have anywhere else to go. <laughs> like he just kind of had to still keep making those types of movies.
0: Yeah. Which is tough, but I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of what JCVD is all about, right? Like that's what he's known yeah. for. And that's that's like his thing, but yeah, man, I, I, I feel bad for him. Cause th- to me, this is like the beginning of the end for JCVD in terms of his careers. I feel like this is his peak. They definitely are going for that same um, that same juice I mean, they a got year, off of time cop. Yeah, or, like
1: a year later is the quest, which ooh. is him using his juice, I think, to try to get that made. And like I think, then it kind of goes into gimmicky, like starting with Dennis Rodman stuff. Like, yeah,
0: it's just yeah, it goes downhill pretty quick. Th- this um, is to me the beginning of the end for uh, f- for Van Dam and I. <laughs> and, and Powers Booth. Well Powers Booth does um yeah, uh, no, no, he has a solid career. Like yeah, he has a great yeah. career even even after yeah. this. But uh yeah. no, I'm just joking. Um definitely the end for Tyler, that little shit. I think it actually might have been. <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding, but I haven't looked, but okay. If I remember I think the
1: girl went on and did some more stuff, but I don't know if he did much. No, maybe no. I'm mistaken. I mixed up. He was in like Sleepless in Seattle instead. So he that was more that the was girl. Listened, this. I think it's about all. It was before, yes. But he and he was in um, Kindergarten Cop. Um, I don't know if he's like the main kid in that, but but he's like yeah, yeah, yeah. he kept acting for a while. I mean, like one yeah. off, he's um, in an episode of Seinfeld after this
0: as a oh, kid. Really? Yeah, that's a good one. He looks yeah. like he was mostly in kids' movies through the nineties. Yeah, and
1: some TV shows and stuff. But like, he kept going. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he was he was okay. He was okay after this.
0: Well, oh man, he's like our age. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's yeah. July nineteen eighty four. All right. Well, I feel old. <laughs> that could have been us. in sudden death. That could have been Tyler. I could have sprayed my my sister with with coke and made her cry, but no. I could have done that role. I could have been Tyler. Um, Mother well, so boy. where would you? Well, I guess let's talk about the movie before we before we rank it. The movie was a thirty five million dollar movie, which is a big amount of money for a Van Damme. Movie. Yeah, it
1: was a good good budget, healthy budget. Um,
0: I think that was that the same same as Street Fighter, which was the year before, and that was a huge flop. This one did, uh, thirty five million dollar budget. Box office was just about sixty five million, which is pretty good. It made money, um, but it's also down forty percent against Time Cobb. So yeah, I'm you can kind if, of
1: see the trajectory of his careers, maybe.
0: Yeah, and then and then the, all those Rodman movies with him start after this. So I, I, this does feel like the last big.
1: This Hollywood. is the last big Hollywood yeah.
0: blockbuster I remember with with Van Damme. And, and like, you kind of can start to see through, to your point, like, what's coming after this. Which is a shame, but... Well, and, like, these types of movies are kind of ending as well
1: in Hollywood. But, that's and true. Going a different direction.
0: Yeah, the the way they tee they up t- the ending, it, it does feel like it's supposed to be a bigger Hollywood epic. Um, like, it's a mix between The Great Inferno and Die Hard, but it never gets to those heights of either movie at any point in time and not, not not to be mean, but you know, it's, it's, it's just not, it, it just doesn't get there. So it's a, it's a shame. So what what, what would you rank the 1995 uh, action movie classic sudden death with uh, uh deadbeat dad, Darren McCord?
1: I had a hard time with this one because it feels too high but i can't help myself uh <laughs> four, four out of five mascot fights
0: <laughs> i would give it um i'm gonna up my rating a little bit i gave it a three out of five initially i'm gonna give it a three and a half out of five uh glad we could t- bring you pull you up <laughs> uh tollivers in game seven
1: three out of five does feel too low right but i no, it feels about right but i do love yeah. it i do love it. i can't help myself. <laughs>
0: this is just one of those movies that hit in a, a, a perfect time um yeah and so well, and I it's think,
1: r-rated so it's pretty violent yeah loves deaths yes. and like it's like man i kind of miss like hollywood making r-rated movies like this like you just don't get it anymore
0: mm-hmm. and i think we're going to talk on on this series potentially but that's the problem i have with um the movies that the rock does is
1: yeah, he's trying to be family friendly he's thread the needle of like, and it's yeah, yeah.
0: He he's trying to hit too many audiences, and I think that was where action stars in the '90s. He's trying to be a derivative of of '90s action stars, but he's trying to do it in a way where he can hit as many audiences as possible and keep it as PG and family and friendly still as possible. Like, yeah, it just it never never to me never lands very well. But uh, but yeah, so I I give it three out of, three and a half out of five. Um. I enjoy I enjoyed it too. I had great great memories of this as a kid. <laughs> um, you're right. It, it's it's definitely got that that diehard vibe to it without a oh, lot of hardcore. The, yeah, the the pros of of what diehard ends up becoming. And I forgot about it, but in in the same year, Die Hard three to me still outpaces this movie in terms of of um, what an oh, action yeah, movie can that's be. A better, yeah. yeah, definitely yeah. is a bit, but but that, this is
1: still fantastic. And for that like diehard concept, putting it in Game Seven. Of the Stanley Cup Finals, the high is it a, a pretty good take on that formula?
0: Yeah, I so all right. So damn, now we should add. Maybe we should add this movie to it. I don't know. Um, we already did Die Hard uh, at, at a sporting event, but I will say, if anybody hasn't seen it, Black Sunday, Black Sunday is not really a Die Hard esque movie. It's more of like a espionage and spy uh, assassin movie. Okay. It's kind of got like a slow burn to it, and uh, I'm gonna have to check it out. If you've seen Nighthawks, it's kind of like Nighthawks if it was set at okay, the yeah. Super Bowl. That's how i describe it. <laughs> Nighthawks was that. Uh,
1: it's pretty good selling. Pretty good yeah. selling.
0: It's Billy Dee Williams and Disco and the Super
1: Bowl. <laughs> nice. So,
0: except it's got the guy from Jaws.
1: <laughs> so I can't believe we went two hours. on. A...
0: Oh, I can. I'm so, we, I, I would go another hour. Do you want to talk yeah, more about Yeah, I easily could. What, what do you think Darren McCord's alimony payment is? And child support. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it is? Uh, I
1: gotta like, you gotta go back to like 1995 though and factor think, in like he was you think she gets had a part lost of his job, maybe, yeah. or so I you don't think, know. You think she, she gets might just part wanted of... to get out and just like, just, well, bro, I mean, I
0: would too if I were her. I
1: was like, you don't have shit. Do I don't want get out of here, or and that might be why she got remarried so fast. was like jumping out. Uh, yeah.
0: you think she gets you a part of his, his firefighter retirement, or you think it's like that's a <laughs> that's that's protected by the Pittsburgh. Fire department. The union has said that. <laughs> yeah, you lockdown. think the union protects that?
1: It's in the union bylaws. If you get divorced, you don't owe shit. Yeah, <laughs> of your of your pension.
0: That's fire uh, law.
1: Yeah. Man, uh, no, it's ninety-five. So he's got to be paying alimony, or he's not alimony. but he's going to be paying child support. Oh, at uh, least. I mean, four or five Do hundred think- dollars. I bet.
0: All right. Uh, I want you to give me another ranking. Darren McCord is a single dad. Well, one to five. What do you think? It's rating? Oh, it's like a two, <laughs> two and a half. I'll give him a two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. You think he lets them watch cartoons when they're not allowed to on the weekends? That kind of thing.
1: Oh, I think that's all they do.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. All right. Well, um, uh, where do you rank? And I, I don't know how we're going to do this in terms of uh, official status or whatever, but um, where do you put uh? Joshua Foss as a bad guy relative to Hans Gruber.
1: Name zero. <laughs> Actually, what he does in the movie, <laughs> I give him
0: eight and, a half on,
1: eight and a half out of ten Hans Grubers.
0: Eight and a half out of ten Hans Grubers on a scale yeah. Of, yeah. One of five. Hans Hans All Grew right, I like it.
1: I give him an eight and a half.
0: Eight and a half. Still, still I,
1: some room to do better, but he's,
0: but he's, but he's good. He's good. He's pretty ruthless. He's very, actually very ruthless. So okay, I like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe even more ruthless than Han Gruber. <laughs> um, let's see. I would give him, I'll give him an eight. I think you're right. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm looking at the rest of the movies we have left to do. I think uh, he's up there. He, he desperately needs a name change to just be yeah, pow- called Powers Booth. Just call him Powers that's Booth. Rough. You're good. Yeah. That sounds like a bad guy name. John Wilkes Booth, Powers Booth, <laughs> they're so close. It works, so close. He's, so, got the vice, he's
1: got the vice president. You know, there's some a joke in there somewhere.
0: Yeah, he's got Mike Pence hanging out in the uh, VIP suite <laughs> <laughs> At the Penguins game. <laughs> um, well, so we've got a a ten movie run. I know we talked about it during our our our, our uh, closeout of 2022 in the Canon run. But we've still got nine more movies to do. This is the first, yes, uh, of, of of the Die Hard concept. And I don't know how how do you want to order these because we've still got Passenger Fifty Seven, Under Siege, Speed, Cliffhanger, possibly Dread, Toy Soldiers, Skyscraper, Executive huh. Decision, Air Force One. So we've we've got some good, good, solid. I know action. it's
1: hard to it's hard to choose. Think we. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I don't, We've anything,
0: got, yeah. We have three on an airplane. Should we cover one I, that's on an airplane?
1: Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Probably don't mix that up. Just
0: kind of break it up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Your
0: choice. I chose this one. Damn it. All right. We're going to do executive decision. We're going yes. to. I have no idea where that's streaming, but it's got Steven Seagal where he dies, which is the whole reason to watch that movie. Which I remember
1: that being a big talking point at school, like the weekend after it came yeah. out. Like people went to go see it and were like, oh, like Seagull dies right away. <laughs> <laughs> so spoiler alert for executive decision. If anyone uh, was worried about that.
0: Uh, good news. It's also streaming on HBO Max and oh, or the yeah. HBO Max Amazon channel. So it's also a good Kurt Russell movie. and It's an early Halle Berry movie. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Um, so I think I think that's a that's a fun one. Uh, I remember similar to this, th- that it has a weird timestamp on it where it, it focuses a lot on uh, specifics of like time that actually don't ever actually pay off for matter <laughs> in the end. And uh, interestingly, it's directed by Stuart Baird. Uh, oh, Stuart right. Baird was the yeah, editor yeah. for yeah. Die Hard 2.
1: Also directed uh, Star Trek Nemesis, I believe. A he movie did. He was the editor together.
0: Yep, uh, we did. He was also, oh, man, Stuart Barrett's... But Stuart he was Barrett's more
1: of editor, probably quality of movie as an editor is a little higher than some of his directing.
0: Which is weird, because the movies he's tied to as an editor, he's huge. Die Hard 2, yeah. Lethal Weapon 1, Casino Royale, Skyfall, Demolition Man. Okay, that's a questionable. The Omen, <laughs> Last Boy Scout, um, uh, Superman the Movie... U.S. Marshals. That one's a bad yeah, one. Yeah, so like a big time.
1: Yeah, especially action movie. That Lethal Weapon uh, Two.
0: Yeah, yeah no. He, so you would have
1: thought. Uh, and I don't think Star Trek is a, the problems in that movie are on him. Certainly. No, they're not. They're, no, they, that's but. definitely
0: a script, a script, yeah. and concept of yeah. a movie problem. But yeah, he Stuart Baird's a big name that that probably for the movies we've just listed off. He probably deserves a lot more credit than we, we just gave him. But uh, but yeah, so that that'll be exciting. It's a really uh-huh. good Kurt yeah, Russell yeah. vehicle. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that and
1: that is one I remember distinctly like that coming out in theaters and being excited about it.
0: Yeah. It's a it's a cool action movie. And I, I would be one that venture, it's probably like uh it's got some dating to it. It probably feels like a 1970s action movie in some regards. So I'm excited <laughs> about it. So yeah, so all right, so we're doing the executive decision next. Uh we are we have not landed on what we want to cover. In terms of sequencing for the whole series, but um, right now, I think we
1: just uh go back and forth. You and I pick,
0: we'll just pick. All right, I'm, yeah. I'm here. I, hey, I, I'm works. here for that. Yeah, I uh, I'll admit, I, 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 the, the ones I'm excited about are Passenger 57, I remember watching with my grandfather as a kid, Speed is a perennial classic I will watch today, and I have not seen Toy Soldiers in a long, long, long time. I remember, I remember I watched that at a sleepover at a kid's house. Well, I'm excited for that one. I have never seen toy soldiers, really okay all right so it's Sean asked no, I'm really excited for that and then I think it's like half the kids from um yeah I mean I'm like Aware of me. it
1: I just haven't yeah for whatever reason just just have Billy's missed it so but and I'm pretty goddamn excited for under siege
0: oh yeah I can't wait either that was another one where um i I watched it as a as a child with my grandfather yeah, and I that was a big one have.
1: growing up I watched a ton
0: yeah. That was and that's the movie that solidified Steven Seagal as, as an action star. Yeah. So uh I can't wait. So all right. So three and a half and four out of five. Um, sudden death, baby. Um Tolliver Teeth <laughs> for for sudden death. Uh up next we got executive decision, and then we will keep our our uh our the train rolling on our die all hard. Right on a podcast movies die hard on a podcast baby (laughs) i can't wait
1: yippee-ki-yay motherfucker